Hi, what's up, Chalkers? Welcome to the Let's Chalk About It podcast. If you're new to fitness or just want to hang with some like-minded fitness folk, then this is the place for you. Remember, it's always good to chalk about it. Hello, guys, and welcome to a, another episode of Let's Chalk About It. I am joined by the uh, ever-knowledgeable Chris McKenzie and, obviously, Cactus Jacked Scott Carson. And in this episode, we are also joined by the bath-bombed Scott's Bath, Sam Harvey. How <laughs> are you? It's my bathing accessories now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks for the invite, boys. It's a pleasure to catch up. How have you been keeping during this lockdown time? Lockdown um, number two, the prequel. Not too bad. Nothing's changed too much for me, really. Like, still went out to work, which is quite lucky. Um, I'm a bit of a hermit anyway, so um, it's, it's not too different, but it sort of is a bit shit in a way of like, uh, with just realizing what is going on for a lot of people. I think it's a weird time for a lot of people. And I think if you could sum up 2020, that would be the, the, the slogan, wouldn't it? A bit shit. Yeah, like pretty shit. Um, but yeah, I'm hope hopefully it'll be sorted out by like early next year. But I don't know. It just seems to be one of those things that just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. And yeah, pushed back, it? yeah. It's pretty. The more funny. it gets pushed back, the more people seem to rebel against it, which just makes the matters worse. Yeah, it's 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 just sort of a bit of a mess at times, isn't it? Like you say, when it's getting pushed back and people are rebelling, and it's like, well. They're not happy, so they feel they have to rebel to prove their point. And yeah, I would. I'm glad it's not my job to do anything to do with that, and I can just paint walls and stuff and be a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, for everyone, for all of our listeners, can we just have a little bit of a background on you from a, a powerlifting point of view and, and a fitness point of view? Well, fit, fitness. There's not much fitness here, but um, In yeah. T-shirt. I started powerlifting. I think it was 20 sort of around the well i say powerlifting it was training at the gym and getting more interested in powerlifting in around 2013 and uh i then met mike mike king he was my first coach and he he still does quite a lot for powerlifting like with loading and spotting and stuff like that um i used to go over to his gym it was a bit about 30 minutes away from where i live so it was like I remember I'd have to go on a Saturday morning and I would work. I, I used to work in security um, at nightclubs and all that crap. So I'd have to work like really late the Friday night and I'd, I'd get like three hours sleep. But I was really just interested in powerlifting. It was all stemmed from uh, my friends showing me videos of, I'll never forget, it was Brandon Lilly, uh, Dan Green and like the Lily Bridges all on YouTube. It mm. might have even been one of the powerlifting motivation videos or something. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like, that looks cool. And you sort of just, it just stems from there really. And then hearing Mike's experiences and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I think my first comp was 2014. Um, like regionals and stuff like that. Then your first British in 2014, was it? Yeah, that was that was the end of 2014, wasn't it? Uh, I want to say September. September, I think. Yeah, yeah. So the, hard to remember. The England's <clears throat> was the beginning of August that year. 
And then I, I want to say British was early September 2014 in Dover. And that's where I mean you had a really good chat and uh, just had like the best comp. You would have been the day after me. And um, yes, yeah, so I think you would have had you'd have had quite a few comps after that. And then you went, so talk about your uh, your then future success. You went on to the Europe's. No, well, I was I was meant to go to uh, the Euros and I was ill. I, I got I was really gutted. I got food poisoning. That was meant to be my first oh, no. part of me, my first trip overseas, and that really screwed me up. Um, I think it was after that I got to do the Four Nations, which was pretty cool. Sick. Um, and then yeah, the the best experience was yeah was Worlds in 2016. Oh my god! Uh, in, yeah. in Poland, which was really cool. Um, yeah, how was, it run? How, how was that as a competition? Like when it was run, it, insanely perfect. It was it. really good. I think from what I've heard, a lot of the the a lot of the worlds and internationals are really really well run. Um, yeah, but that was yeah that was me- mental. I'll, ne- like, I'll never forget it. Like when anyone asked how it was, and like one of the memories I, th- I had was I'd done well. First off, was going into the warm up room, and obviously I'm a midget. <clears throat> And the only squat rack that was left with was with uh, the uh, the Icelandic team. Oh no! And, oh no! And, <laughs> what? Yeah, mate. Uh, there was. Uh, I can't remember his name. I don't want to butcher it, but it's like Julian Juliansson or something. He's got the right. Got the open world record in equipped wow. for the deadlift. I think. So this would have been under twenty under twenty kilos and junior. I was under one twenty. Yeah, um, yeah twenty two. Were you? I was 22, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, warming up, I remember going over to the rack and it was him and there was, was Victor Samuelson as the other guy. Um, he's insanely strong. But I remember just like thinking, Jesus, like this is mental. Like, like these are the same age as me and they're like literal giants. Like it's wow. mad. <laughs> it's, it's really mad. Like the, the whole atmosphere and... It's, Were they getting properly psyched up because the Icelandic level? Uh, not really. It was no? it was pretty chill. Yeah, there was there was a guy, and I can't again remember his name. I remember his first name was Kevin. Can't remember his surname, but he he had an insane bench. A junior, he had the junior world record and the open world record. He was a German guy, and someone will know his name. I can't remember, um, but he benched. I'm sure it was over 400 kilos as a junior. Wow. I'm sure it was like 410. I might be wrong. Or I might. I, it was something insane. If not, it was very close. It was a junior and an open. Yeah, it it was like a junior and an open. Yeah, it was around there. That's... Under one twenties. Yeah, Kevin. He's he's from Germany. I can't remember his name, man. Scott yeah. will bring it up. Yeah, you you you'll be able to find I'll, it. I'll have a little. I'll have a little look. German guy. Yeah, and there was also the Ukrainian Alexandra Alexandra. Is it Rublets or, or something like that? Again, I don't want to butcher the names. And he, that was insane seeing that. And I think he was in the under 105 juniors and he squatted 405. And that was an open world record. You see now the Ukrainian, um, Pavlo. Is he, he the 120 plus? Yeah, he's, he's classic. Luke I yeah, I don't, yeah, that, that exact comp when Luke pipped him by like a kilo. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. That, but that, I don't know if you ever seen him at a comp being younger in no. doing comps. I you being Ukraine I thought maybe you'd have a background in equipped lifting but obviously not if you've not seen him no I mean I, I that was the only worlds I'd done as a junior so um but yeah that was insane and that that the Ukrainian who squatted 
it was 405 or 410. It was something insane. It was in the under 105s, but he weighed in at like 96 kilos. My God. He was really oh. light. It was, it was absolutely insane, man. Like, and like, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the lifters you see there are just insane. Like it's, <laughs> especially the American team as well. Like they've got such a massive culture for powerlifting, which is really yeah. awesome. And, there's a few guys I still speak to now that I met there that I'm friends with, which is again why I love powerlifting. Like, again, with you guys, like you meet you meet people that you're friends with, and it's a big thing for me. It's like just meeting the meeting decent people that are wanting the same thing and that. And, yeah, uh, true. And I remember that, like even like a few of them had been powerlifting since they were like 12 or something. Oh my goodness! They they it's sort of like a as where we do PE at school, they do they get like powerlifting even at like primary school and stuff like that working yeah their weight rooms they they really love all yeah, that like, yeah. strength training like the, like a gym coach or gym teacher over there will literally help them do like cleans and benches yeah, and yeah. The, the, the the staple moves yeah do you very, think very that's kind of something missing from sort of like we're going to not go off topic a little bit but do you think that's something missing from uk schools is the sort of sports development side of things because i know that chris is a teacher um but in certain schools, they're going to have it, but in you know a majority of schools, it's kind of PE's PE. You're just going to kind of go through the motions of, you know, football. You can play a bit of rugby. You maybe do a bit games, of athletics, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's def- it's always going to be missing. I mean, just there's just not a lot of not enough weightlifting in professional sport in schools and all sorts of aspects. So weightlifting in in general strength training should be should be in everyone's lives but it's just very difficult to get it all out there there are lots of state schools and private schools with really great facilities it's just having if if when schools get funding it's obviously goes through the curriculum leads and uh budget and whatever and they've got to figure out what the best way to use the money and schools do get a lot of money but then to say we need this um even though it'd be much cheaper to build a powerlifting gym than have a fitness suite with all the machines that are pretty much useless anyway the, I think the money's it comes down to there's all sorts of ways that the progress of the school would be developed greater if they put it into other areas and we're just sort of sat here going what about PE what about enrichment in, in that area and everyone's sort of going well you've got loads of PE and you do all the sports so it'd be very difficult to then introduce a whole new sport into that into the curriculum and the whole the whole ethos of like what PE is it's just it's different cultures isn't it America they've got yeah. that side, like Sam said that they've just got such a culture for it over here we're more games and uh, uh like your hockey your rugby your football and that's, that's what we're more oriented to and also weightlifting ties in great with american football and that's their massive drive over there whereas if you start saying to a lot of uneducated coaches do weightlifting it's for football they're not going to listen so football our football doesn't really relate a lot to in people's minds to strength training and conditioning guys just so you know um Kevin Yeager benched 356 at that meet. Oh, it was 356. I'm way off. I don't know. Which is still the highest in the meet, regardless of weight class. Wow. Yeager, what a name. Yeah. Yeah. It's class. I think as well, like with the with the schools and stuff, I don't I think a lot of things in the UK are so old fashioned and it's hard to get any change uh, like yeah. same as laws and a lot of things like that we're so set in our old ways it's quite hard to to progress i think yeah the uk is really resistant to change but yeah keep, keep doing what you, like you just said you want to be around people that have got um what's that term 
the same interests, the same yeah. interests, and you just got to do that work with the people that you want to go and see and, and live with them, rather than wait for everyone else yeah. to, to catch up. I think like it's a, a big thing for a lot, a lot of people. It's, it's easier said than done as well, but try and obviously exactly what you say. You 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 do what you can in your life to surround yourself with what you want to do and and that sort of thing, right? But I think it's still worth taking note of what's going on, say, in, in the rest of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, totally, but it's, absolutely. it's sort of hard to not get too caught up in it at yeah. the same time as well, especially in these days. And you read into so much stuff. And I think a lot of the time you just need to concentrate on you and and your circle of friends and, and family and just sort of make that Completely. bubble sort of as best as it is, as you can sort of thing. Yeah. You can get wrapped up in stuff because uh, it's just like, it's the age of information. Yeah. And it seems to have all the information at your fingertips. It's about being able to concisely focus on yourself and not get overwhelmed. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's, it is impressive as anything like technology and yeah, it really is. But it's also really scary. Like I started watching social dilemma on Netflix the other day. And it's right. Like, like how social media is, is like it's, it's a really good watch but it's quite scary in a way like mm. the stuff they're sort of saying about how all, like social media is sort of designed to basically control people because of the the ai and like the information it puts out that you're looking at and it's, it sort of monitors all of that and it's insane. It's really insane. And it's, it's stuff like that. When you start looking too much into it, I think you need to like just chill out and yeah. just focus on It's easier said than done as well, like anything like that, but focus on your own life and, and who you spend your time with and that sort of thing, really. Yeah. So um, how's it gone since Four Nations then? So after that sort of like real peak so in, in your Four career. Nations, that was, that was awesome. That was 2015, was it, I think? Oh, no, sorry, sorry, Worlds. Worlds 2016. So Worlds. Um, after that. So Worlds 2016. I had a bit of a bit of a bad, I said bad comp. It was amazing. The whole thing was amazing. My numbers were pretty pants. But I was so, I had to like weight cut again because I was fatty and I liked food. But it wasn't too bad. Uh, I just lived off... Um, cheese and sausages in Poland which was pretty good um, they all do over there yeah it's pretty good it was amazing the, the, the little town it was like a, I think it was on the I'm not sure if it was the southern southern side of Poland like it was all in the mountains it was an old ski resort place oh wow but the hotel was super Soviet as well it was really fun <laughs> like, yeah. it was literally like going back to the 70s it was really right. epic it was really More like epic. a little alpine house type thing it, yeah it was like an alpine hotel it almost oh, wow. reminded me of like the shining a little bit with like the hotel up on the oh, hill ace. it wasn't like that scary um, no not <laughs> yeah. it it's like Jack, Jack Mickelson running around the hotel hotel before you meet yeah um but yeah i'm, that I'm was, sure he's ran through a few hotels though yeah he's, he's done a few of them i'm sure that's the under 73 kilo lifters running around the hotel <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah that was 2016 um, amazing experience not great numbers um but that was in the september i think right yeah the, the, the very end of august start of september for, for worlds and then i came back 720 total didn't you no, not at Worlds. I don't know what I got. I can't remember what I got at Worlds. It wasn't, it was way below what I wanted. But I remember like clear as day, I, I'd warmed up and I never, I'd never done this ever. I, I'd, I'd come up on a warm up and stumbled back on my heel. I think it was just nerves. I'd never done that. And I ended up doing that on the platform actually on, on one of my lifts. Wow. 
Um, but I remember distinctly uh, after my last warm up, I was sat in there like with the chairs waiting to get my knee wrapped, and um, I had Dean Bowen wrapping my knees, which was epic as well. What? And I remember just sitting there, and he was like, "Yeah, right, like five minutes." And I was thinking, "Yeah, five minutes, I feel all right." And then I was just this. I've never felt nerves like it. I thought I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. It was insane, man. And then he's like, because you wanted it so bad. Started wrapping your knees. And it's just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to have to go and do this. It was, it was mad. It was so, so epic, though. Like, really, really grateful I got to experience that as well. But, yeah, so we went from there. That was I didn't do too well. Uh, and then I had a comp in December of that year. Uh, after Worlds and I came back from Worlds and East Midlands Opens was it? Yeah, I think it was East Midlands Opens and yeah, and I didn't really sort of structure any proper programming into that comp. I just sort of done bits and bobs and that was my I think it was my best comp. I think yeah, was it was it seven seven five seven seventy five yeah. Yeah, three hundred kilo squat, two hundred bench, two seventy five deadlift. Yeah, that was a good. That was a really good meet, and I felt I had more in the tank left there as well. Like, I tell you what was funny about that meet because me and Danny, obviously from Mammoth, bless him, he was lifting as well, and like because we trained together for the for for all of the comps we done, we were always trained together, equipped, and um, and we said when we get down there, it's like because obviously you need well you don't if you're playing Sumner, and he's like I'm some mad mad mutant but for me like i was used to having danny wrap my knees get me in my suit and i'd do the same for him whatever and i was thinking hold on a minute like however the flights work i'm gonna have to i don't know how it's gonna work anyway so when i'm warm i was trying to warm up for squats and i'd have to go out and wrap his wrap his knees for his attempt oh no he'd do his attempt i'd come back in i'd do another warm-up then like I had to go out again, wrap his knees. So that went on for that, and then I, I was bet like, you were blowing. I was I was blowing, and then I was like, shit, who's going to wrap my knees? Because he's warming up for bench. <laughs> and then luckily, man, like um, Andy Champ. That's how I met Andy oh, Champ wow, at, yeah. at that comp, and and he said, oh, was, and again, a beautiful thing about powerlifting, and, and he said, oh, like it's the first time I've met him and spoke to him a bit, and I said, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to wrap my own knees. I said, I'm I'm, tr- I'm helping Danny, and I'm now helping him in his bench shirt, and I'm now got to go out for my first attempt. <laughs> I'm, I've got to wrap my own fucking knees. I'm gonna be like blowing, like it's not an excuse, but I'm just not used to it. And and that Andy was like, well, I'll stay and help you until the end of the comp. And I was like, oh man, like that that'd be amazing. Wow. So yeah, he he wrapped my knees for that, and then got round to bench, <laughs> and the same thing happened again. I didn't even get in my arm. Oh, it's mental. Like, I was helping Danny warm up and then going out for his attempts. So I'd like pull the shirt down and make sure it was sitting right and stuff. And I was doing some warm ups, and then I was just like, I still haven't got my shirt on, and it's like not that long. So the last, the last, the last lift I hit in the warm up, it was one forty to like a four board or something, right? <laughs> something like really, really, really high. And then I think right. I opened on. 180. I must have opened on 180. What? I remember, I remember to this day thinking, like, I got all my squats in as well. And I was thinking, I don't know how that's, how that's happened, but it, it just went right on the day. And I remember unracking that and, like, because I'd sort of handled that weight in training a fair bit to boards and stuff. I'd done a lot of board work. So you get used to that weight. And I, I remember unracking in that comp, just thinking, fucking hell, this is heavy. Like, it was <laughs> so. You've not felt anything like near it. 
it was such a jump from 140 to the 180 at the time. And I was just like, oh God. And yeah, it went, it, luckily it just, it, it just went well and you just get it done. And I think sometimes it really pays for that mental sort of fortitude in things. Like I remember Mike always used to drill into me. It's, it's 50% physical and 50% mental. And when I was like way younger, I'm like, no, just cane the weights and just get really strong. And yeah. again, like what you said earlier, there's so much learning in each comp. Like you never stop learning and, and it's insane. And I, I don't know if it's more so in equipped and I don't want to like say that as a fact, but I think there's so much more variables you're, you're dealing with. I think with. so. Like, I, think I mean, so. even I've had it in comps where, where the bar's been misloaded or the weight's been dropped and your knee wraps are on and then you're just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I remember Danny's last comp in Manchester. That was multiply at the BP uh, ABPU, and uh, I can't remember what, what attempt he was going. I think it was for his third attempt, so he was pretty like bad from the first two. And the guy dumped the bar. It was like I think he dumped like two sixty something off his back onto the floor. And I've just cranked some three meter knee wraps on his knees oh, and his legs were going blue. Like, I swear to God, his legs were going blue. And it was just like, oh man, like there's so many variables. And that's what I really liked about it. It was it, it's sort of like that on top of sort of the nerves of unracking heavier weights and stuff. And I don't know. I just liked it because it was a more old school as well. I just love, love the equip side. I love raw as well, but just really enjoyed getting into the equip with all the little technical tweaks and yeah, just just, just sat well with you and you just wanted. Yeah, to I just it. I think Mike was a massive part of that as well. Like being my first coach and he'd always lifted single ply since the seventies, I think, or like late seventies, early eighties. Wow. So it's sort of like, yeah, I, I just just really took to that side more than anything. I think. But yeah, that comp was at the time I was thinking shit. Like I'm gonna cock this up because I can't even wrap my own knees and stuff. And it's weird how things can work out. I've, for a couple of comps, I've wrapped my brother's knees, and I, the reason I knew you'd be blowing is because you wrap one, and I was literally it was it was abroad as well, and it was like so it was really hot. Yeah, and I was wrapped as tight as I could get him. I didn't want his legs to even move. I was, I was going to do this super tight. I was wrapping them. And um, yeah, literally, it destroys you. It's really hard work. It's, it gets you your elbows as well. It can get your elbows a fair bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was that was the what was that twenty sixteen? I think my last comp was the British uh, seniors in twenty seventeen. Oh wow! Yeah, and I lifted like a piece of shit. <laughs> it was really bad, and that is that was my last. That's the, the last comp I'd done. Is that one? Uh, and that really was just like, oh, it's, it's so bad. That I end, I haven't ended, but that last comp, I've not done one since. But again, I've done a water cut. I cut like uh, about eight kilos in a week. Like oh, I don't think that's the just water cut. Just cutting is just not it the is thing. Not the thing and, and not equipped as well. Because I remember putting my bench shirt on and it felt like I had a tent on. It's just like there's no... no. It was really bad. It was it was it was a bad comp. But again, you learn from that, and and it's what it's all about. Just constantly learning and stuff like that. I'm desperate to do one next year. And on the subject of like cutting, there's just no way I'm cutting weight. Like whatever, oh, when yeah. when I choose to do it, and you fill in your application, you get that in. So you've got maybe 10, 12 weeks to go. Whatever weight I am, that's what I'm going to say. I'm competing. Yeah. I'm just going to try and keep the weight, and just even if even if I've got to be a one hundred and five because I'm around ninety eight kilos now. So. Yeah, no it's not you'll just you'll be weaker and you won't know there's i mean i think my first couple of comps i was probably lucky wasn't really wasn't heavy so i was only around 81 82 anyway so it's quite lucky but when you start to develop and 
gain knowledge and train harder, you, you're going to put on weight. And then you, you think you're Brett Gibbs and you can cut a couple of kilos. You can't. Yeah. You just be weak as hell and it's just not good enough. So I'm just going to keep, just get stronger and bigger. That's the idea. Not everyone's as efficient and built like these freak shows. So you've just got to get better in your own way. Yeah, I think a lot of it is to do with that as well. And I, I think unless you're going for like world records, all-time records, like I don't see the point like of cutting no, got to into like... Go yeah. have fun at a meet. Go have fun. Don't yeah, that's the thing. It's to have fun. Yeah, it's, it's Don't cut thinking you've add five to your total and, be, and come from sixth to fifth. Yeah. The overall, you know, it's not worth it. Who was that? Oh, no, that's just the example. Oh, oh probably right. me. Let's face it, it'd probably be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, that's sort of pants because I haven't lifted since then. Like, the thing I said to you boys are my heart issues I got in 2018. Yeah. So that that's kept me out since well till pretty much now. So you're advised to sort of not lift, uh, let your heart issue even itself out or improve, and you feel like you want to lift now, or is it still not something that you you're um, doing? I'm mixed, man. I don't know. Yeah, like that that really uh, changed. I say changed my view. It was really weird, man. Like because I think a lot of you, I don't know if you can relate. But you when you're lifting, and at the time that was. It was it was such a shitty time. It was just after we lost Danny as well. Right. It was two weeks afterwards, and I, and then I was in in the ACU unit, the acute cardiac unit, and just wired up in there for a week. Um, and yeah, that was my the the thing was myopericarditis. It was a uh, a virus attacked like there's a like a I think it's a muscle sac around your heart. I think the pericardium is or something. Right. And yeah, like. He said I was pretty lucky to get the symptoms because a lot of young people don't get the symptoms. Oh, wow. You sort of would go on to then die from a huge heart attack. So I got really lucky, man, like super lucky. But yeah, Um, before that, you wouldn't believe it. I was doing a lot of running and I I didn't really lift that much. And I cut down to probably about 110 kilos. I was normally sitting around 120 to 125. What? Yeah, and I was running loads, and, and I, I actually was planning to try and get in a half marathon, and I'd re- really got into it and stuff. And then, yeah, that all happened, and and it, it sort of, it was weird. Like on the discharge sheet from the from the hospital, because they are amazing, like, and, and they really looked after me, and they sort of fixed me and saved me and everything. But on the dis- wow. discharge sheet, it just said like, "Oh, rest for four weeks." And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll I'll be be up, but I've been running in four weeks and ease back into things. And then obviously, yeah, it's not that simple. Like, because the virus attacked the pericardium and that caused loads of scar. It's like scar damage, scar tissue. I think it is. Yeah. The way the cardiologist said it, it was sort of like it's basically like you think of it as a muscle tear, but on your like the sort of muscle of your heart. So it's right. a lot more serious. But um, yeah, it's just a really long hard time like i think it made it harder losing danny and then not being able to train that sounds impossible man. a lot of people use training as a coping mechanism yeah yeah and like if you train and you enjoy it you really enjoy it you want to train and 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 he the cardiologist said as well he's like the worst case because i said what is worst case scenario and he's like well like worst case you won't be able to to really exercise properly again if it doesn't heal um, because that scar, the scar tissue, if that doesn't heal itself, then that will be like super weak, and then yeah. you'd be at a higher chance for like a like a bigger heart attack. So wow. I was like, oh, cool. So I had basically a year of waiting for an MRI result 
after like I had six months and then I had to wait another year for the results for that MRI. Mm. And then that actually had cleared up a bit. And then I had to have another couple of MRIs and like constant tests, um, like blood pressure monitors and like 24 hour like wires that do all your, I don't really know what they've done. They sort of like monitor your heart rhythms and, and stuff yeah. like that. So it was pretty gnarly. Like, and I think you always think nothing like that's ever going to happen to you. That's what I was trying to get onto. I rambled on a bit, but like you sort of think you're invincible. Like I remember when I was running and stuff and still lifting and I felt really good. And I was just, like, Oh, I just, I remember one day I'd, I'd ran like five or six mile run which was like, for me at the time, was pretty good at like 110 kilos. That's pretty solid, yeah. And then the next day I came in the gym and still pulled like 270. And like without a month or so of training, I'd just been running. And it's just like, I feel like I felt so good. And then, yeah, yeah that sort of really changed the way I look at things like um, quite a lot. And that's sort of making me, I don't know if I, I do want to lift again, but I'm also still scared, like right. Something still in that, still in that period of like. It's hard, not, man. Not too like, sure. Yeah, it's hard of, from going to feeling that invincible, as stupid as it sounds, but really good and like you can take on anything. And to to that, it's still really hard psychologically. Even though I have pretty much got the all clear, I had my MR, I had a results again this year. And well, if you've got the all clear, mate, it's just about. It's just my own, my let, own let, let that psyche. Sit with you well, yeah, and then start to uh, think about the best ways to approach it. Speak to the right people, and like you've got us to always to talk to, and everything. You've got all your mates from the gym as well. So I think this might be a slow process, but you just take it your own time and don't feel rushed into it. I think that's the thing. I think I felt rushed when I sort of had the all clear to yeah, don't yeah, train don't, again, and it's like I think. I've had so long out. I need to really try and cut my weight down and build a base again. And if I get back to powerlifting competitively at any point, I need to really build up that, like that point. I mean, it's really stupid and I shouldn't have done it, but midway through after my first MRI. Um, so I knew it wasn't as bad as it was. And I still done some equipped sessions in the gym Right. Um, like done some heavy board pressing like in multiply shirts and stuff and it's sort of like it's a bit dumb but it's hard not to when everyone's there and and it's weird like you feel that like you can sm- like the smell of chalk and deep heat it's like a warm-up yeah. room isn't it and you're just like yeah. oh fuck. like well maybe you told yourself oh i'm not gonna go to a max i'm just gonna do yeah, it and that's yeah. it's just all sort of things you tell yourself yeah it's, it's like it's hard because i've not lost a massive amount of strength which is quite nice, but I've just not got the, like the conditioning or the recovery. Like I remember doing a heavy board press and it just wiped me out. Like for four mm. days, I was just like, wow, just trying to, so I need to, I think I really need to strip things back and build it up and eat healthier. Cause I've always ate pretty poorly. Um, so I need to really dial in a few things if I'm to, to compete again. But I think as well, I'm just going to see what happens and try not overthink it and just, just take each day as it comes more now than planning too yeah, much. And if, and if you're always speaking to, you know, the right doctors and stuff, and they're always saying like, you're still in good shape, still in good shape, heart's still looking good. Then you can, as long as you keep that conversation with them going, then you know you're in the right direction. And the, the tighter you are with those, the less likely it is that you're going to go off the rails a little bit to lift too much or to um, test yourself a bit too much and then get an injury. So I think as long as you keep a tight conversation with your doctors, yeah, it's all going to be good. But it's, it's in your own time, man. I reckon it's going to be going to be good for you as long as you're just making the right decisions for yourself. 
Yeah, I think it's like you say, it's just a slow process, isn't it? And not, not stop trying to run before you can walk. I think it's hard knowing where you were and you think you you can you can do that and it's just like, nah, you can't. Like, yeah. How yeah. old are you now? I'm 27. 27. So, I mean, you're not going to hit your peak strength, whether you get back into it or not or whatever happens, you're not going to hit your peak strength till um, early, mid 30. So you've got plenty of time, mate. It's just about giving yourself that space and making sure you make the right decision. Yeah, I'll see what happens. I do miss it. Like the, like I say, the comps and that are amazing. Like it was always so good. Like I remember like the build up to comps and knowing you boys are there and it's sort of like, oh yeah, like it's almost like a little mini Christmas a few times a year because you get That's to see exactly mates right. you don't yeah. see. That's and so, like, and you can't nice have thing. comps unless you're at a gym like yours, you can't have that comp feeling every week like you can with a football game, rugby game, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Athletic or well, athletics is weird because it's like a three month season so that's that's similar to powerlifting but yeah you don't get it too often and it's like if you're not training with your mates you're only going to see them at comps it's not but that, that's what I mean it was, I think it should get to the point where you can do comps more often even if it's just test yourself rather than say oh this is my you know balls to the walls uh comp have them more often and like let's get out there and like it's just about planning them like like mock meets get more of those out there and then everyone can turn up and have more fun yeah 100% I think it's good as well like, if you're a newer lifter to just get to every comp you can. I, I've done that my first year, I think. Like, yeah, you did the opposite to me. I thought, uh, I think I thought I knew it a little bit, and I was like, I was, like, and there was a couple of comps come up, and I just sort of told myself because I was like busy with my the previous job I was doing, yeah, teaching, and I'd, like, I had two jobs at the time anyway, and I sort of told myself, oh, work's a bit busy. I don't need to do a comp. I should have just turned up and done it. It's just like silly things you tell yourself when you. 24 and you're like oh i don't need to do it it's fine but i should have just done every single comp yeah traveled up and because so you might know if you want to do a comp say like in the southeast or if you want to do like one of the north and or like near manchester do you lift as a guest even though you're not in that region yeah so I, unless anything's changed guys because i'm pr- i'm a bit out of the loop a lot of things have changed since i've had a look into things but i think when i was still lifting in comps you could if the comp wasn't full, I think you could apply and then lift as a guest. Right. I think. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, even that's another thing. Like, even if there's not one locally, like, I mean, I live out in Suffolk, so we're like the arse end of nowhere and it's, it's sort of really hard to get anywhere. You're the, you're the most easterly town. Yeah. That's where, the, that's where the gym is. You're Yarmouth, aren't you? No, no. we're The gym's in Lower Soft, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't live there, which is which is pretty all right, like. I live in a nice little village, like nice and out of the way, living my hermit life, which is good. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think just get to comps as well. Yeah, 100%. Just enjoy it. And you do stuff like this. You meet friends and, and you do really meet them for life. Like, if you carry on powerlifting and stuff. Yeah. How's the lads at the gym then? How are they getting on? Uh, when when you've been able to lift, obviously, because we've had a couple of lockdowns, how is it in the gym? Like, what's it like? It's it's amazing, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, So who runs it now? Do you all sort of like chip in? Yeah, so it's mainly like Danny's brother, Jamie, and Danny's mum, Sue. Um, wow. Sue runs a, a lot of mental health stuff out of the out of the gym. And a, uh, there's a charity as well, Lift Lad for Danny charity. Sick. And they're trying to, I believe Sue's trying to get enough um, like funding and money to open like a, I think it's like a crisis center sort of in Lowestoft for, for like, um, yeah, people in crisis, like 
when it's needed because uh, there's not really much around our way for that like you sort no. of i mean this is funding and there's again there's loads of things like why there's not not the money there and and i think not i don't know if i'm guilty for it myself but like i think people know like suicide and stuff is really bad like mm-hmm. as a human you know that's bad but i think unless it directly affects you sort of personally or to that sort of level I, I it's, it's sort of different and you you do look at it differently and you do want yeah. more change for it like it's weird like that it changes your views on things and stuff wow yeah hopefully i think i can't remember because i did and um, we had to deliver something for the, for the school recently and i had to deliver it to, to my students and it was i can't remember so i'm probably going to get the stats from i think it's four and five suicides of men as well it's it's very big, yeah. It's, very high numbers for men versus for women. men, yeah. Well over women, I think it comes a lot from ultimately, you know, just to sort of like simplify, I suppose, is like hiding feelings and yeah, not, yeah, get, not really talk about things enough. And yeah, I, I mean, I think you're you're brought up with that kind of just be a man, you know, man, yeah. up, man up. It's like you know that's where the saying is, isn't it? It's just it is, yeah. and that's not the appropriate way to be looking at things in. No, I must any feel like you're crushing so, yourself from like the inside I mean, it, for people like that. Yeah, I mean. If you if you don't mind, Sam, what what I mean, I, I don't know anything about this. So, what happened if you don't mind getting into it, or you know, if you no, 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 I'm completely you. cool. No, no. Um, so, um, I'm trying to think where to start with it all. Um, what with like what what was up with Danny, and what what led to what happened? Or uh, yeah, I mean, what happened with Danny? Did, yeah, um, so sort of sort of, uh, sort of start things off, I suppose. I think it stemmed. He had a he had a motorbike crash. I think is what what caused a lot of like the depression and stuff. And I, I'm, I hope I hope that's not wrong, but I think that is. Um, and he, he well, was your all, opinion, mate. You're allowed to talk about it. It's, it's not- yeah, no, no. I'm, I just don't want to get it wrong. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm sure that's right there. And, and he was autistic as well. And you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have really told been able to tell if he was he was pretty high functioning and stuff and i think that's wow. why he, he yeah, really I never have guessed that yeah and i think i think that's why he really loved foul lifting as well like you just get texts in the middle of the night about fucking west side or some bench <laughs> or some shit and you're just like oh fucking hell like you're trying to yeah, see like the 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 narrow intense yeah 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 autistic trait. yeah massively and i think the suicide rates are higher in in autistic uh people as well Matt, i, I guess I think males again. I think, I think your the suicide rates it's quite high as well yeah. in autistic males, like quite wow. scarily high. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, but yeah, and, and I'm sh- I'm sure another thing that caused a lot of Danny's issues was um, he had a motorbike crash years I say years ago, quite a long time ago, and I think it's something called post concussion syndrome. I don't know if you Mind. want to Google that and double check or anything. Yeah. And that caused a lot of issues with Danny as well. Um, and, and yeah, and, and he, he, I mean, he went through the lines of, of help that are there and stuff. And I don't know. It's, it's not, it's just not enough. Like I know there's, there's not, I just wish there was more like at certain times when things happened, like, I think there there should sort of be more more in place for people in crisis and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's really tough. Like, and I think maybe for the police as well. Like, if they could get more training for for that sort of thing, 
like not knocking the police at all. Like they, they do no, amazing we, we stuff. We know you're not, yeah, but um, I think in in that sort of job, I think because a lot of the time it is like this 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 individuals in crisis. You you call the police. Like who would you call? There's no other. This sort of like you call the police or or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think they need a bit more like training to to try and help that sort of thing and 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 like a safer place for people like that to go when they're in need. Like 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 because the, the only place that they normally get taken to is is a cell to sort of come round and stuff or or like or like the like the mental health sort of hospitals and stuff, but they don't seem to do a massive de- like a massive amount in them. Well, not round our way anyway. It seems, because um, you say like him, him coming back round and then he's back to, to Danny when he would be better, just off what you're talking about there. Yeah. It yeah. seems like there's a lot done to keep people there and try and improve them in the long run, but maybe it's difficult for those people that would go in and out of care. And it's quite hard to sort of, the, the superficial, the ones that sort of jump in and out, it's quite difficult for those. I know people that have got um, bipolar or they might have episodes, they might have like psychosis. There's a, there's, it seems like they struggle because it's like, well, we think you're okay now. Let's back to normal life with whatever we've got in place. So I think it's the ones that jump in and out because it becomes very difficult for them. Yeah, I think, I think when it comes to sort of police force as well, is, you know, they're only briefly trained on the areas they're meant to be, mm. you know, enforcing. So then when they get called out to sort of mental health issues or people who are suicidal, to them, they're probably like, well, you know, what do I do? It's from, from that side of things. It really, they need to have some kind of expert that says, you know, these are the sort of things you need to watch out for. These are the sort of things you need to be trying to put in place. For example, I mean, we've got, um, is it St. Mary's around here? So someone correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, in Ketri, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, for people who may be suffering from mental health or, you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. But it's just a case of getting them in and then just waiting. Uh, you know, waiting to see what the outcome is and, and what the doctors say about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's very hard. I mean, they're so thinly spread now that, you know, they're, they're yeah. first aiders, they're first responders, they're firefighters, they're, you know, they're, they're trained for pretty much every scenario rather than being an expert in one scenario now. And I, I just think that's kind of maybe a little bit where the service is lacking, not necessarily from the police, but... In, you know, general. in general, that, that we don't it's have. Hard, it's hard to be perfect all the time. I think they do like a fantastic oh, job. Oh, they do a brilliant job. Absolutely. I think brilliant job. It's, just, it's just, it's hard for anyone, even if you are an expert in dealing with people that are, you know, in crisis or whatever it is. I think even those people would find it hard to get to and perform perfectly in every situation. So it's just a case of that's the help there. And yeah, like Sam says, it needs to improve. But I think it will improve with greater knowledge, greater education of, of everyone knowing about certain conditions so more people find an interest and want to help people and also breaks down a bit of the stigma around mental health if everyone can be on board have a greater understanding about it and then the stigma will start to come down hopefully yeah i was i, was, I think as well like cause it seems to be like in this country you've got like within the nhs there's obviously you've got all your healthcare and stuff and then in your mental health is separate which i do sort of get but i i don't know like i almost think it should just be merged like it's i think they're both so important and, and they should be in like a sort of harmony in a way like mm. instead of splitting them up i think they sort of cause them too much a divide like i think they're really they sort of like sort of run together sort of sort, uh, trying to get trying to explain what i mean like I think you know what you mean, yeah. I mean, I, I 
couldn't tell you how it all runs, to be honest. So you definitely know more than us, more than me anyway. But yeah, I think they just they should just be more in unison than being split up as to, to, to two things and dividing it. Because like, they're both so important with each other, right? Like, yeah. Um, but I mean, things, yeah, hopefully things will get better. But I don't know. I just think it's just going to take so much time. I think it'll take a long time. And I think it'll be like a lot of um, funding and stuff through like uh, like charities and things like that. I think will yeah probably push through with that more than anything. Yeah, but I think yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing at the gym now. Though, like how how busy it is and like the atmosphere and stuff. Like that's really unique. Yeah, and th- and that sort of quite gives you like quite a proud feeling. Like like being so close to Danny and. And his passion for powerlifting and helping people and stuff. Yeah. That sort of uh, like mammoths almost like a little, little mental health hub as you like, like there's a lot of people there with issues and stuff like which is the same as most gyms I'd imagine. Like, cause you go there, like you say, it's coping mechanisms and you feel better for training and stuff. Um, and a lot of people I think benefit from that, like especially around our way as well. Um, and I think he'd be really buzzing with that. Like if he was here, like especially all the powerlifters in there, like, cause when we were lifting, it was like, again, back in like 2013, 14, 15, like, it wasn't as, as popular. And it's like, there was only a couple of us powerlifting in there. Like now you'll go down there on a Saturday and a Sunday and then you've got like the lads and girls coming over from Norwich or people have come up from London and trained and, wow. and it's just been like, just the like the powerlifting part of the gym at the back, like all the monolift and stuff, and it's just rammed. And I love it. Like there's just shit everywhere, just plates everywhere, chalk bags, <laughs> yeah, it's all the chaos drinks, it? and it's just like, I, like it's so cool. Like it's such a unique atmosphere compared to other gyms. So that is a a nice little touch with it, really. So do you say they're trying to um, sort of like put a little organisation together for the mental health side of things? Well. Sue's got the charity, Danny's mum, uh, Lift Loud for Danny. And I think that's on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So you can probably find that. Um, and I think her plan is she wants to eventually, yeah, have a a separate building from the gym, maybe, uh, as like a crisis centre. So there'll be there'll be a team there, um, I guess, a lot of the time, like 20, for 24-hour support for people can call that number, like you say, if they're suicidal and stuff like that. And they'll be... Mental health rapid response. Yeah, yeah, literally that, and there'll be yeah. trained, trained sort of practitioners there that can yeah. can help. Well, I remember, I remember Sue was saying to me once that Danny called called um, like one of the one of the numbers that he got given if he felt he was in crisis and stuff. And it's sort of like they 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 just sort of read questions to ask like off a yeah, sheet have a script yeah yeah and it's yeah. like oh, have you tried calling a friend and and all this stuff and it's just like there needs to be like more than you can't just read off a script when it's someone's sort of like could be someone's life do you know what i mean it's yeah it's hard like, i know there's obviously all these all these different variables and things like that but um yeah hopefully that 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 will go ahead at some point i really yeah. do because i think it'll be such a big thing for for the community and i think as well in in suffolk and norfolk there's a lot of uh, there's a very high rate of suicides as well i think well yeah, listen if they ever want to sorry go on scott no so it's just saying in those remote areas and yeah just going back yeah. to a point that sam was saying earlier it shouldn't be kept separate i feel like if you die 999 if you break a leg 
you know, you're going to get put in touch with health professionals to help you physically. I think someone should be there mentally as well. Mm. You've got the police, you've got the fire, you've got the hospital. I think there should be something there for mental health. Agreed. I think for the UK, I think that's that would be something, you know, next step above and beyond. Kind of, especially now. And during lockdown, I think it's became very apparent, you know, being recluse and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I, I suffer from some mental health problems and, you know, we've we've all touched, we have had friends as well that have uh, passed away to suicide and you just kind of wished that mainstream thing was there and you didn't get a list of numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I think, oh, I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? It's really difficult. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it affects you in such a way that you don't realise it's going to affect you either. I oh, mean, 100%, yeah. You, I, you lose somebody... Uh, and you know if you lose somebody normally you know old age or you know yeah. illness or something like that um you kind of you know it doesn't hit you in the same way as suicide seems to hit you suicide no. seems to hit you in such a way that i mean even to this day you know i lost somebody i was very close with when i was at school and um even to this day i i, I still struggle to come to terms with the fact that that person is no longer here anymore yeah, it's the den- I think I don't know if you say like the denial of it as well. Like, yeah, for me anyway, it was it was yeah, it, it was mad. I was away in Brighton as well at my friend's house when I found out about it. So that that was really crazy, and and I remember it's just pure denial at, 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 at like at the start, like when I found the news, it's just pure denial. Yeah, that's and exactly it took me it. a long time. It took me a very long time to yeah. to not be angry about it and process it more. Um, like you say, I've lost, I've like lost grandparents that have lived with, like lived with us, like and stuff. And you're really close to old people, and, and like you say, it's, it's it's still bad, like people dying of cancers and and horrible other things. But there's, I, I couldn't think of anything worse than losing someone that you're really close with to to suicide. I think because there's there's just unanswered questions and our like the could you have done things differently? And I was literally just about to say that is that, that to me, that's what kept going through my head. I mean, this is somebody I, I was very close to through school and, you know, I started wrestling with them. That's kind of who I entered into the wrestling world with. And um, for me, it was a, I was exactly the same as you. When I got told about it, I was like, don't believe it. I went on to every social media platform I could find, yeah. to find out if it was true. And I was looking through everyone's profile and I was like, nope, don't believe it. Uh, when it finally came out, it was true. It was like, I, I, you know, could I have picked up, you know, if I'd have just picked up the phone, would that have made a difference? Yeah. If I'd have just messaged on that one day, would that have made a difference? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Like there's a lot with Danny as well. Like, like towards like, uh, well, when did he die in the, it was the July, the June or the July. I should, I should, I can't remember. Um, and, it's that same thing because he started drinking a lot more and he was doing really well. And like things, things sort of got, got a bit worse for him. So he, he sort of started to drink a little bit more. And and there's sometimes like that, I think, Oh, should you have gone to the pub and, and saw him or yeah. there's lo- there's been so many times. I, and I even thought as well, there was one night I was speaking to him and it's probably daft and it wouldn't, it, yeah, it's weird when you look back on these times. And, and this is when I was running loads more we were talking about training and stuff like that. And I remember he was saying like, Oh yeah, we're going to get strong as fuck, like really push things and that. And at the time, like 
I think he was so obsessed with helping other people so much. He almost did, not that he didn't help himself, but I think he he just found it harder to to help himself. I guess like he, he gave the best advice. Yeah, like, priority was other people. Yeah, like he, he, the amount of people that he had helped ran the gym and stuff is phenomenal. Like it's, he really did leave a legacy with that, which is really awesome. But yeah, there's times like that, and I remember I remember saying that I was like, oh, we'll just concentrate on getting you sorted and that, and I always think, oh, should I have said that because he's so. So like um, adamant of getting like helping other people and stuff, but and I went through that and that struggled with that a long time for things like that. And I think you do just come to terms with it and you just deal with it better. It's just such a weird thing to try and explain, like because like you say, it's so different to losing anyone any other way. Um, but I think you just you just learn to deal with deal with it differently as time goes on right like did you ever like um read up on loss and that sort of thing or did you sort of I got, all in your own way in your own uh, conversation with people i got uh i i brought a book i actually got it here i didn't know it was on there uh lost connections oh wow and this is really good um this is why you're depressed and how to find hope and it's it's really interesting and it goes into like the 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 sort of medicinal side of things like getting prescribed these antidepressants and things that sort of mask the problem a lot. I know they right. do help a lot of people, but from, from experience and people I've spoke to and you, you sort of, you need to find the root of why you're feeling how you're feeling. Right. And yeah. And I don't think you can really truly do that if you're just masking it and, and do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's yeah. hard to say because you don't want to offend them people like people that have used them and and it has helped. I know people that it's helped, but I think there needs to be a better way of dealing with mental health as a as a whole than just just popping pills. Same as yeah. anything. I was speaking to Danny's brother tonight, actually, Jamie. I went around there and we were we were food prepping together because we're really cute like that uh, on a Sunday. <laughs> and, um, and we were saying about like, like if you go to the doctors or something and you've got like, <clears throat> like if you're starting to get diabetes or something, they just thump these pills at you. It's like, like sort your diet out or like there's, there's a lot of other ways to, to normally try and fix things apart from just popping tablets. Yeah. Um, I think, I think doctors don't trust anyone to have patients so if it's like someone's got diabetes and uh, yeah, whatever drugs they're going to give them for that to control blood sugar or whatever it might be, it's like, well, how about you put them in contact with someone? There are GP referrals for personal trainers and sports people. You could say you need to take up a hobby that gets you really active, like mm. squash or a game or something or running that's going to get you going. Instead of them thinking someone's got the patience and the time to do that, globally, it seems that people don't have the resilience and the time and the perseverance to go through that. So it is a global problem of chemicals seem to be the answer for a lot of, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. It's, it's mad. It's really mad. Well, listen, Sam, if they um, ever want to come on and talk about, you know, what they're doing with the charity or anything like that, they are more than welcome. The more mental health things we get to cover on this podcast, the better. It's something that comes up quite regularly, especially for my listeners. They send a lot of questions in about mental health. Um, so we're more than happy to, you know, have people on and talk about that sort of stuff that's really awesome man like i think i think sue and jamie would probably be really up for that like i think it's good as well like doing this sort of thing and you reach more people and and they're interested in mental health as well like it's 
it's so important. Like again, like you say, you get told to man up and <laughs> and like for me as well, like my dad was in the army, um and I always looked at him and like like he's he's never said like I'll oh, man up and stuff like that, but to look at him and it's like he was in for like fifteen years or whatever and he's he's quite emotionless. Yeah. And it's sort of like I'd look so up to that. Yeah, like Obviously, he's not, and he is just my dad at the end of the day. And, and yeah. but, but I remember as a kid, and you, like, like if a pet died or something like that, and you'd be sobbing and, and things like that, and and you and you grow up and you see him like stern as anything, and, and there's even been like family members that have died, and you'd not see him cry and stuff. And I think because because he was in the army in the seventies and eighties, and, and when mental health probably wasn't. I don't know if it wasn't even discussed then, was it back in the it day? Was, like it that? wasn't a thing, mate. It wasn't a thing. Other yeah. Than... And I think back then it's like you get drilled in and to just deal with things. And I remember sort of growing up thinking, Oh, you just need to just suck it up and get on with things. And and you can't like, I'm quite bad for bottling things up, like with, with stuff like that. And I did with Danny for, for, for a long time. I didn't go to the gym after Danny died for, I didn't go down mama for months. I went yeah. down. For, I went down a couple of times, and then I just didn't. I didn't go down for a long time, and I think you it was to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it was literally that, and <clears throat> there'd be like pictures of him up and stuff. And so like, I didn't. You didn't want that was, reminder. Yeah, I didn't want to see it. Like it was, it was really tough for that. And I remember, I can't remember who it was suggested. A few of my friends suggested about going to see um, like a therapist and stuff. And I remember at the time being in such like a uh, like negative like headspace about that. And I remember thinking like, why do I want to speak to someone else about my problems, about my best friend? And it sounds a bit stupid now looking back, but in my own head, I was thinking, well, I don't want to open up to someone I don't know. But then right. it, and then in, in the same way, it's like, I don't want to really talk about it at all. Um, yeah. You didn't want to open up to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, and else. I think, yeah. yeah. And I think it goes back to what Kieran said about that denial as well. Like, yeah, <clears throat> it's such a weird thing and and yeah i think i i don't i don't know i just dealt with it myself and spoke to jamie more and and i saw a lot of danny's mum which helped as well yeah and she's an incredible she's such an incredible woman like just because obviously she's danny's mum but like the stuff she does for mental health in our in our area is is it's insane like she's always at talks or giving conferences or training and yeah it's really really good um but yeah, I think it is a, a massive thing. Just, just you do need to talk about it. Like, even if you can reach out to anyone, like, I yeah. think it, it, it helps you more than you realise. Even at the time, if you don't think so, uh, it does help a lot. I think subconsciously, like, because them thoughts and stuff are in your brain and in your in in your head and stuff. So yeah, but again, yeah, it's easier think... said than done to a lot of people, right? Like, yeah, and understanding that you're not the only one who's going through this, you know, this is, you know, whether you be man or woman, um, you aren't the only person suffering from mental health. There's people out there who suffer from this stuff every day. So reach out to either experts or friends or anything you can um, just start talking about it. You know, none of us are experts and we do want to try and get an expert on and we've been trying for a long time. And again, this is something we've been struggling with is try and find somebody who we can openly talk to. Um, about mental health who can refer to you know some of the the better places to go but you aren't alone and you know if you need to reach out to someone please please reach out to somebody yeah definitely i think yeah just do it like you i don't you don't realize how much it can really help yeah 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think one of the things I, I struggled with the most was um, that you go through the listening to other people and other people, you know, have still got that very that very bad stigma towards suicide of, you know, it was the coward's way out, you know, yeah, left yeah. so many people behind, they've left their family behind, their friends behind, you know, they didn't think about those sort of people, but to me, they're people who have not had to deal with it. Yeah. I, you deal with it is so much different to thinking about that kind of, you don't go through that thought. You don't go, well, that was a coward's way out. You think, well, you know, how much pressure was that person under to think that that was their only way out? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think like if you, if you truly think that, that that's a coward's way out, I think you're just like a selfish, self-entitled fucking idiot. Like I might be wrong, but <laughs> no, I, we think, I agree. If you, if you can't, if you're just that self-absorbed, you can't think about someone else's mental, like, do you know what I mean? Like exactly what you just said, Kieran. Like that is their. They think that is their way out. Like, it's like that is so final. Like, and and they didn't yeah. want to do that, did they? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't their choice. It's, it's something that's built up over so long, and and that's yeah. a choice yeah. they they wanted to make. But they didn't. If you'd asked them months before or even days before, is that what you want to do? They'd probably say no. But it's what's really built up in someone to go and do it. And I've got zero. Um, I can't relate and I can't, I can't understand it. So I've got zero knowledge on the whole thing. So it's been just amazing talking to Sam about it, how it affects other people and his, his insight into it. It's been awesome to listen to. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's different. It's very different. Like, um, but then I always think like, I don't know why people would think it's a coward's way out, but I get, I know there is, there is fucking assholes in the world that, that, that do think that and I don't hear it too often I don't really hear yeah, it you, you, guys, you guys being around um, having friends that have done that sort of thing and, and they've had those problems then you're going to hear those things I haven't really heard I think I've heard it once I think it comes from that sort Lucky. of old stigma of yeah. health not yeah. really existing and you know they just need to man up and you know that kind of side of it and, and that's kind of still maybe not so prominent now, but you do hear it, especially if you know somebody who's committed suicide, you will always have, you know, a few people that will make those, those comments. And, um, you know, for me, it was just, you know, I knew the person, I knew they had family, I knew they had kids. And I knew for a fact that it wasn't a coward's way out. It was the only way out is what they were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. For something so final, like that's. Yeah. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. Is that? It's pretty gnarly. It's very gnarly. For the attitude you said about uh, Danny's legacy and what he's what he's left behind, and like how good the gym is, how much work his brother and his mum put into mental health and the gym and the community, and it sounds like yeah, doing yeah. some unbelievable, groundbreaking work. So, what is that? So, what, talk about that legacy, and could you talk about what the gym is like now? His mates that he's helped and all the people he's helped in the gym, what are they like now? And has that has there been a positive come from his? work and obviously there was a bit of a very bitter end yeah Danny but it, what's the atmosphere like in the gym now is it more like total hardcore because we are lifting for Danny like the like charity is yeah it's it's weird like it, it can get like that some sometimes if there's a big group in there and and there's Metallica thumping out of the speakers and stuff and chalk flying everywhere it, 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 it there's a presence I mean he, he's down there his ashes we kept his ashes down at the gym what yeah oh, so it's, it's we go down like even though he, he fucking hated christmas and birthdays with a passion he really hated them right. <laughs> we go down for christmas and or, or his birthday and we'll all max out on deads or 
or something like that. And and really? yeah, the legacy is amazing. Like I said, like it, it, it's bit, it's really bittersweet because I remember there was a time we were talking at the back of the gym when he was really down, and, and, and he was just looking into my eyes saying, "No one fucking cares." Like, no one wow. cares, and, and it's just like it was so hard at that time to think like, what do I say when he's so adamant that that so many people do care, and and it takes that to show. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Like because even though people do care, yeah, he yeah he just he, they struggle to see all yeah. the great around him, and if he was, I'm sure he was. Obviously, he's going through depression. It must be so hard for someone like that to see all the positive people. And all, yeah, they're yeah. always there. Those people like his mum and people like yourself, he's seen that all the time, so he doesn't see much, quite hard to see past it. Yeah, 100%. And he's probably seen, seen a lot of negative things, and that's yeah. how his mind would have been working. <laughs> 100%. And it's like when you see, like, like I said in the gym, like, especially in the summer, like, because we've got, like, sort of tyres and uh, what they call, like, the big, big fuck-off, uh, like, coffin things but they're concrete that the strong men run about yeah, with coffin carries yeah yeah that mad shit that oh, i don't do none of that and tombstone then, yeah like tombstone that's Definitely, the one and yeah people are, that's a similar word mate we'll give you that yeah tombstone sounds cooler though that's a wrestler move as well isn't it it is yeah yeah oh, hang on hang on <laughs> oh no it. sam haven't you learned about this mate <laughs> well i looked on channel five today and there's probably a reason my girlfriend put it on. And uh, there's just Randy Orton's face holding the title, being all muscular. And Mel was like, who's that? And I was like, Mel, please don't ask. <laughs> Randy Orton, why is this on Channel 5 on my telly? What is going on? Get him off. Get him out. Nah, he's, he's obviously a beast, but yeah, oh, it's wrestling's changed so much. Yeah, so yeah, you just... were talking about the tombstone, the carry. Yeah, so like I said, you, is you do see people down, like, but that legacy's carried on. Like you say, people were really... Like there's a really insane atmosphere. Like if someone's maxing out or anything, and it's busy, and people, it's it's almost like mini comp sometimes. Yeah, uh, it's really good. And like the clothing and stuff, like that's really cool. Like I've been been walking around in Norwich before, and someone said about it. And there was a there was another guy down who trains down the gym, <laughs> and then he lives in Norwich, and he was uh he was walking walking through the streets and the guy stopped him and said oh like mammoth blah 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 and started talking about danny to him and that and i think this stuff like that is really bittersweet but it's really nice to hear and wow i think just seeing how the gym's doing as well and and it's really popular and powerlifting's grown and for me as well there's a lot of youngsters that started training a lot of young lads only like sort of 16 17 18 and they started training a couple of years ago or yeah, a year and a half ago or so. And a couple of them are really all right. And I sort of think, oh, I hope they stick at it and they've got really into it. And, and I think you'd like to send stuff like that as well. Cause you normally get like your young lads come in and just want to get pumped up and look good and to mm, go out yeah. on a Saturday and stuff. And it's completely, if that's what you want to do, like it's completely cool. But I think seeing when they come in and they're working hard and Danny always really respected that, like just a really hard work sort of ethos. doesn't matter what weights you're lifting, just, just come in and work hard and enjoy it. Exactly. Um, what powerlifting does, just yeah, and focus you, on the numbers. Yeah. You're going to get healthier and stronger no matter who you are. So focus on the numbers and spell that progress and putting the time in, put the work in. Yeah. Like I guess like what, sure Mike, loved it. Like what Mike says as well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like you just keep chipping yeah. away. Like, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Mike or you said to Scott one time, because he was like, I don't know what to open with. 
and Scott was saying, oh, is it this? So I opened with this one, go 190, 200. And it was either you or um, Mike said, yeah, you don't get extra points for a high opener, mate. He's like, just, yes. just open with, <laughs> yeah. some, open with something and, and keep going. It's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. Yeah, you don't get extra points for a, a high opener. I yeah, like I'd sometimes one. see that. I think, why are people open so heavy? Like, Yeah, I've never done that, so it's fine. <laughs> never opened up too high. To, to prove myself and look and look like I can lift loads of weight, never done that. <laughs> nearly nearly bombed. Nearly bombed from opening too high. Nah, never. I think Mike always used to say as well, it's a really old school thing now because people do all this RPE thing, don't they? And oh, like yeah. percentages and that. And I don't, I, I like working off percentages. Um, Same. But I remember Mike would always say, like, if you can triple it, like, it's a pretty solid opener. Yeah. It's just quite a basic old school way of looking at it. That's for my first comps. He's like, nothing wrong with that. You can triple it, like, open on it. Um, and then you can go more in depth with percentages and things, but I always used to I'm shit see, at math. So see all the best lifters. They, they their their opener would either look like, or you thought because you could you'd know what they were going to lift. Great lifters, uh, their opener would be like it's just so much lower than you think, and it looks like the last warm up. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The likes of Cliff, and I've seen bow ring lift. The likes of you have seen all sorts of great lifters, and I'm like, like that opener is like so easy, but they they need that there because then they're in the rhythm. And they've they've punched in at the right time. Confidence oh. as well, like that first. Yeah. I don't think there's anything more nerve wracking in a comp than that first squat. Like, no, it's a really <laughs> nerve wracking fucking experience. Like, Horrible. I'm it's like a meet in itself. That that yeah. like the emotion of a meet is just that one squat, and then you got to go do your, the rest of your meet. I remember uh, like uh, first of my few comps, thinking like, how do am I how do I hit depth? Like, am I going to hit depth? Like, can I hit depth? And it's like you've just yeah. trained like fucking however many months so you know you can hit depth but you think oh, what if I don't hit depth <laughs> what is depth <laughs> yeah yeah and you just start like pranging yourself out and you're like what are you doing you, like, you're squatting but you're back to the centre judge oh sorry mate yeah just <laughs> yeah. I think I had probably one of the well at least my experience I've only done one in com- one competition but it was at that there was that PTS one mm. everything that could go wrong went wrong <laughs> I, I turned up I forgot my card Brilliant. So I literally had to ask the guy in front of me who was weighing in. I was like, can I go in front of you so I can go and get my card and come back? And he's like, yeah, if you have to. Um, <laughs> so I ended it's... up going in at a weight category above what I would normally be lifting in anyway, because I didn't want to cut weight. So I was like, I'll just do it. I'll, yeah. I'll, just for my first comp. Uh, forgot my card, got weighed in, went home, got my card, come back, showed the judge as the first lifters were going up. So I'm like <laughs> running over to try and warm up. I didn't even get a chance to go over and say to Mike what height I wanted the squat stand at. I just went, right. you want it? I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That'll do. And then I'm warming up with Chris. And as I'm warming up with Chris, I do my last rep. And then they go, right, next on the platform, Kieran. I'm like, oh, shit. That was doing deadlifts. That was doing deadlifts. I was like, fucking have to run over. I was trying to time it perfectly. And obviously, I just wasn't watching. I was like, I was like, Kieran, do that now because you're about to do your opener. And you did it. And it looked quite solid. You put it down and it was like, Kieran Innocent, <laughs> I just oh, watched what? you. I watched you from doing that last warm up, just walk. I watched you the whole way <laughs> off the platform, and I was just watching. I was like, "That's the only recovery he's had." <laughs> and I knew nothing about powerlifting. Absolutely. I mean, I walked straight. I think when they called me for the squats, I literally just walked straight on, and they were like, "No, no, you need to stand over there until you call." I was like, "Oh, okay. yeah." I, I remember knew nothing about it. At the at the Four Nations, actually, um, uh, Aaron Aaron Singh. I don't know if you remember Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolute legends. This is like the oh, it's an absolute legend. He always uh, does uh, Tony. Oh, he does 
Tony, I don't know him. It always does Cliff's numbers like Worlds and stuff. Always puts the he did, in. yeah. I don't think he coaches the senior team anymore. He'd done it for years and years, but he coached us and handled us uh, up at. Uh, yeah, he handled us up at the uh, Four Nations in Newcastle. And I remember my last warm-up, I think I was opening on 260, I think. I think it was 260 because I wanted to try and hit 280. So back then when I was less experienced, I just do 10 kilo jumps really. Like, yeah. And and I remember doing my last warm-up and I thought, fucking hell, that felt heavy. And uh, he was like, oh shit. And I had my opener as my last warm-up in the warm-up room. <laughs> I was just like, oh shit. So I'm going to have to go and do that again. So that, that was quite funny. I've done my opener twice. So listen, Sam, we don't want to uh, end so much on negatives. So let's uh, look at it from a positive point of view. If you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give? Oh, Christ, that's a very hard one. Um, I think for me personally is to believe in myself more. Ignore Chris McKenzie at comps. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to be like Chris and open really heavy. Uh, I think, I think, um, yeah, like have a lot more self belief in myself. Um, oh wow! Uh, as a massive, yeah, massively. I've always been pretty unconfident in my own abilities, even growing up and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of youngsters, might feel that as well, like from different upbringings and things like that. And I think it's it's a really important thing like you can it's just really cheesy but you can really fucking achieve things if you want to do it and just put the time in and i'm not really give a shit what anyone else thinks either i always thought you were quite chilled like when i used to see you lifting this stuff and it was kind of like someone would say something well that's a lot of weight or whatever and you did you would brush off a lot of uh not that we've done like a million comps together but you'd brush off a lot of, a lot of um comments i just think yeah you're like really chilled but some people, panel, but powerlifting is yes you're right scott so powerlifting is um <laughs> You can have some self-doubt, but again, that's what you've chosen and you can, yeah. you can bust through it, can't you? I think like with comps and that, and again, it's sort of bad and I wouldn't ever, it's hard and I'm quite hard on myself as well in many ways like that. And I was, I was happy with some of the nuts that I got, but in my own head, I'm thinking like, they're, yeah, but they're not, they're not Tony Cliffs. And I always... <laughs> And it's, it's stupid, but there was the stuff, like, not not even Tony as an example, but that, that, that sort of level I really, really looked up to. And and I think that can screw you up a bit. You just need to enjoy it. And and again, I think it's, yeah, like even at comps, when people say it's a fair bit and it's like, oh, it is, but it's, if you, what are you going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm well, mad, strong and start flexing and look like a knob? Like, yeah. you, I think you just need to just, yeah, just be humble and, and help people where you can as well. Like, it's nice to be nice as well, I think, and especially, especially for things like that. But definitely a big thing, if I could tell myself, it's like, if I could have two things, it'd be like, have a lot more self-confidence and don't, just do not give a shit to what anyone thinks. Like, Amazing. That's why I look like such a hillbilly now. I don't, like, mum and dad give me shit when I go go out and I'm just dressed in shorts, flip-flops and scruffy hair and that. And I'm, I don't care. Like, I do not care what anyone thinks. Like, such a nice thing. I used to worry so much as when I was growing up. Like I never had, never really had designer things. Like, like designer yeah, you just yeah, you just not made that thing. way, mate. Oh, I look like oh, I feel like oh, I'm poor or whatever, and because other kids have got like Air Max fucking trainers or whatever, and and it's not like not that you wanted that, but it's that thing, isn't it? And I think again that is a FOMO. 
it links back in with mental health as like it's a stereotype that you think you have to live up to, isn't it? Like the trends and things. Um, I'm going to look really cool and not talk about my problems and and going back to that. And I think, yeah, yeah, but pretty much that. Cool. Okay. I could run on all day about stuff, but no, no, that's that's. that's <laughs> you actually gave all, actually the last person that came on almost gave exactly the same thing. So there's obviously a bit of a trend here of. Uh... Be confident in yourself. It's so important to like it's as I've got older as well and experience things and yeah, I think you just need to really and like just just believe in yourself and 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 try live in the present more as well. Which again is a really cheesy thing, like oh, live in the moment and stuff. But I think you need to be like you see a lot of the like the Insta quotes and stuff. But I really believe it's that, not cheesy. Like, no, no, staying present is a, that's a you real need thing. to like when you look at things like y- your memories are just like sort of parts of your subconscious sort of brain and then the present is well nothing like it's what you make up in your head because you're not there right it's brilliant that's so true it is though like you even even though it's like you think you know what you're doing tomorrow yeah it's not going to be that yeah yeah do you know what i mean and i think you can get so caught up you just need to really live live in the present and just, just have confidence in everything you do and just enjoy everything you do as well, I think. And I think doing a lot more outside things has made me really grateful for that and turned me into even more of a, like, a hippie. Like, I just see like the beauty in, in more things and stuff and just appreciate a lot of things more. Like, Sounds like you've had so much time. Like You're like a really reflective person. Yeah, it's, it's helped. I think, again, like I said, with that heart thing and, and that sort of basically should have, like if I wouldn't have got them symptoms, that would have killed me, and and that's gnarly to hear. Like when it's sort of I'm hearing that, and I'm thinking shit. Like, and then you think, oh, what if I'd have died? And 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 there's things you haven't achieved, or there's things you've not wanted. There's things that you've um, wanted to do that you've not got to do, and stuff like that. And yeah, I think it's good to reflect though, and it's hard to look in at your own self. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want to criticize your own self, but I think that's such an important thing to do as a person because because what you're giving out is who you are to other people and, and what they're perceiving as you, and you so don't want to be a complete dick. So you want to sometimes look you should be tough on yourself in that respect. I think like- just be honest, just be honest with yourself, uh, which is hard to do. And again, you want to be honest with other people as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but again, there's so much variables, and things are easier said than done, and. I think they're quite. It's quite a good thing to try and work on, like for your own personal. Sort of really well said, mate. Thing, yeah, but. absolutely. I think as well when you. I mean, I can talk as I'm the oldest person in the room. Well, not in the room, but on this call. <laughs> <laughs> that the older you get, the more you realise your own mortality, and that and yeah. as, as ridiculous as that might sound at 34, uh, but it, it is the truth. And sometimes you just have these weird waking moments where you just think. You know, am I happy with the things that I've achieved at the moment? And if you're not, then now's the time to start doing something about that. Yeah, that's a massive. I've, I sound quite morbid, but I've I've thought, I say thought about death for quite a while. I don't mean to sound like really morbid, but it's always intrigued me, like that side of things, like from probably like twenty onwards. Uh, and I think about it quite a lot, like. Yeah, like, so it, yeah, your own mortality and, and other people's as well as you get older, like parents and and you do have like them lingering random thoughts sometimes. You think like that sort of thing, like you say, and 
don't know. It can. It can. It can. I think it can really sort of help people in a way. Like I know it's a sad thing to think about, but it is. You need to be real, and 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 it's a thing that happens, right? Like you need to accept it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of you know we've spoke about it before on the podcast, but that's kind of what this podcast was was made from. It was um, a sudden realization that I didn't want to just spend my life doing something for somebody else. Yeah, I wanted to be able to make somebody else's life better and help other people and hopefully by doing this that is what we're doing and only if we reach one person that's one more person than we would if we hadn't done it strongly really think like that's that should be the purpose of most humans it's like you you just want to help other people like again it sounds really hippie but you're all one and i know it's on a bigger scale but just be nice as well and like like you say if you can help one other person like with whatever that is like it's so important. It's so, so important, especially nowadays more than ever when there's, like you say, that the age of fucking social media, which is amazing, but people are comparing themselves so much and like people are like doing stupid shit to, to prove points and that. There's loads of people around here that I've heard of that have took crazy finance deals to get a car or like watches yeah. and every, shit to show every off. Every day, every day people do it. And it's like, you need, yeah, it's, it's hard. But again, I think like from doing more outdoorsy things and, and I don't know, you pretty, I love that about camping. Like you go out and it's like all, like I don't worry about anything. I'm just there in the woods or on the hills or whatever. And, and that's, that's that. And you just connect and you just chill out and you just it's appreciate. It's just on your own. I, I haven't been on my own yet, but I normally go with my friend Lewis, but I, I, I would go on my own. Like oh, I could do it. I love it. Like just, just peace. And again, Where'd you go then? well, there's not, a, there's a few places around here. We've got Thetford about 40 minutes away. It's a massive right. pine forest. Oh, we sick. went up to, we drove up to Yorkshire a couple of months ago. Um, we just go wherever, like we just wild camp as well. So we just find yeah. somewhere out of the way and leave no trace <laughs> and stuff. Like take all your shit with you. So you're not ruining Oh, amazing. Do you have like a tent or is it like, is it like just sleeping bag? That's I've it. just got like a little bivy bag thing I have. Um, yeah. So I just, just sort of just <laughs> hide away great. in that. Yeah. Just hide away in that. But, yeah. but no. We should do that. We should set, set a comp, say like in uh, Scotland and we've just yeah. got to get there. We've got to somehow get there with no car, no food. Just we go with the comp like four days before we leave. We'll That's just great. Walk, yeah. We've got to walk to Scotland. Yeah, mate, it'd be fucking I think amazing. We might need more than four days, mate. We've got to walk to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like four months. Many miles you can do in a minute, mate. But <laughs> if, we, if we find some good pubs, if we find a pub, it'll be longer than four days. We need way more than four days. <laughs> just, yeah. just to go back to like the the hippie thing as well. One of my favourite quotes is, um, "Your death is the period or the full stop, and your life is the question." And like, and it's down to you what that question is. Mm. And I think that's something that I kind of think about is like Ooh. building, building that question for yourself. Yeah, massively. Like I, it's just a journey. Like all these cheesy quotes are so true. Like, yeah. like so many things like that. Again, like even for worlds, like that was a real big sort of highlight of my life. And, and I thought almost at the time, oh, I'll be, I'll be happy after I've done that. Cause I wanted to do that and I'd done it. And it's just like, I was really, I'm really grateful. I'm happy at the time that I'd done it, but then you're back to square one. Like, yeah, it's done. Yeah, what you care to next? It is that journey going through the training and, and all that sort of thing, and, and exactly that, like what you're doing next. And but yeah, it's it's weird, man. Like the more you think about it, like I, 
yeah, you can just prang yourself out like of like afterlife and stuff. And why well, do you um, like that quote, Squat? Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. I think really as well, good. like going back. Why do you like it, Scott? So go on, Chris. Just saying, why do you like that quote so much, Scott? Because it it is it does leave a very open end. You know, death is is the end of it. So it's the end of the of the of the sentence, and it's down to you what the question is or the what the sentence is. So it's going to be different for everyone, you know. I just, or, I just for me, it just kind of helps me, you know, keep on keep to like goals and everything, you know. Whatever, just I keep have you moving mind. forward, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. That's another thing as well. Like, just keep just keep progressing in in anything. Like, as yeah. long as you're making little baby steps, like, like even even if you're really fucking bad and and like you're struggling and stuff, even like making little tasks, like like making your bed and stuff and, and just doing things like that. Just, it sounds yeah. so childish and stupid, but stuff like that massively helped me at, at times. And, and especially through the other lockdown like when I wasn't working, it's like, right, I'll get up, I'll make my bed. And I'm like, that's a little tick for the day. It's like, right, that's done. And you just build up. And I think you need to build up from, from sort of them sort of points. You can't just go straight into the, like, Oh, I'm just going to go out and, some people can, like, of course, some people yeah. can, but I think, I think if you are feeling that bad, just, just like you say, just, just try and improve something, yeah. even really small, and just keep moving forward, like, no yeah. matter how slow it is. I think, I think some people can, can, but you're not broken if you can't. <laughs> yeah, and I think so many people get caught up in that much shit. You, you forget about the that sort of thing. Like, just, just try and just try and move forward, even if it's like the tiniest bit. You've still you've still done something. You've still, that's still a positive thing. Yeah. Um, but I know it's hard to see it. That's hard to see at the time and stuff, but I mean, there's a saying that I um, I've actually used for the podcast that I stole from Scott. Um, and that is that, you know, with this, we're trying to make the average feel elite. So not everyone yeah, yeah. has to, you know, or not everyone that you watch on social media, you know, you see all these people who are, you know, unachievable. Yeah. You know, that's not the norm of fitness. It's not, no. It's nowhere near. It's that's nowhere that's near. the you know the the point one percenters. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. They're such an elite, um, like bracket of people, aren't they? They're so it's such a tiny amount of people. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I quite like the fact that you know you know that's what this can do. I think well, we're all more relatable, right? Like we're way more relatable than like well like super super sports stars i mean you might not be but it's it's more accessible isn't it like do you know what i mean like people can throw in questions and <clears throat> and things like that and you'll have your own experiences through life you can learn you just learn off everyone unless yeah. you're unless you're really closed-minded which which is dumb like i think you, sh- you should just be open-minded as you can like just just be like a sponge and just take in everything a- anything you can like from people and, and then give that back like in everything couldn't agree more, Sam. Couldn't but, agree more. And listen, thank you very much. We're going to have to wrap this up, but thank you very much for joining us. I really it's been, appreciate it. It's been really, really good. It's been really insightful. It's nice to listen to your side of things um, from a sports point of view, also the mental health side of things that we covered. Um, well, we'll go to our normal sign-off. Chris, please don't interrupt. Scott, where can we find you? Uh, well, firstly, I'm just going to shout out to Little Alpha Danny on GoFundMe. I think everyone should go over there and donate. Um, but you can find me at Scott Speaking on instagram chris where can we find you is it dot strength and sam where can we find you it's sam underscore mammoth i believe 
Thank you very much. <laughs> and you can find me at let's underscore talk about it. And you can also find all the old podcasts at www.letstalkaboutit.co.uk. And we will hit all the links below. So you can either go to the GoFundMe, you can find Scott, you can find Sam, or you can find Chris. Thank you very much for joining us and we will catch you again soon.